Sam, quickly, tell me the team that's overperformed most in Europe's top five leagues this season. Oh, that's easy, Jack. Deportivo Alaves. They're keeping pace with Real Madrid in La Liga. BR Football Ranks, the show that tips this crazy world of football up, stirs the pot and then puts the parts back in their correct order. Thank you first off to Aaron Edwards, who provided today's opening question. As ever, you can get involved on Twitter using the hashtag BRFootballRanks. My name is Jack Collins and I'll be your host today. And joining me as ever are BR Football's twin turbo engines, the inimitable insider, Emir of the exclusive Sir Scoop. It's Dean Jones. Bonjour. And rolling out the ranking royalty, officer of order, lord of the lists, Sam Tyres in the building. You are too nice to us, Jack. <laughs> how are we, fellas? Wow, I, I honestly don't know how we're ever going to live up to these build-ups, but we've got to. Yeah, I can't wait for his next one. He's oh. going to run out of adjectives at some point. Well, as you well know, on today's episode, we have a very special guest, a former US international tallying 27 international caps, and nowadays an esports legend, YouTube supremo, Twitch streamer, football coach, and all round great guy we're delighted that jimmy conrad is going to be joining us to rank who he'd put in his modern day five side team before we bring him in though it's time for hot takes dean as ever would you like to start us off with what you've gleaned from this week in football i would love to and i'm going to start with arsenal because when arsene wenger left arsenal we thought arsenal fans would finally be happy they'd find happiness but no, they've got a new reason to rant. They've been told they've got no money. Uh, Emery says they can only loan players. And a huge reason uh, for that is the, the massive wages that they're paying people, particularly Meza Ozil, who's on 350 grand a week. A nice parting gesture from Arsene Wenger before he left the club. And now Ozil can't get a game. Now, I'm told they will be able to spend cash in the summer once they've offloaded a few players. But Ozil is not in the team. And my simple solution to all this is play Meza Ozil. He is probably the best footballer in this team. His passing, his through balls, his vision are all amazing. When he is in top form, nobody else can match him. And if you could get him, Lacazette, Aubameyang all on the same wavelength, fit him into a system, people aren't going to live with you. Look at that goal that they scored where they combined against Leicester. It was unbelievable. They're on the same wavelength, different gear from Arsenal. And I just think rather than have this really expensive player that nobody can afford to buy and pay... On the bench, not even on the bench, in the stand, rotting away. What's the point? Get Ozil back in your team. Sam, how would you put him in? What's the system that fits all three of those players in? There is no system that fits all three of those players in, Jack. That's why we're in this situation. I wrote about this a year ago, where, like the, the ridiculous transfer window that brought Aubameyang to, to the club. Like he's, look, obviously, he's an excellent player, but you have to look at what you have resource-wise. You also brought in Mkhitaryan that January as well. How are you supposed to play Aubameyang, Lacazette, Ozil, Mkhitaryan, Aaron Ramsey? How do you do it? It's not possible. Four, so, three, one, two. No, it doesn't. No, I'm sorry. There is no. There is no system here that puts all one. of these Four, three, players. One, two. Doesn't doesn't get every <laughs> single player playing to their potential, which is exactly the situation we're in right now. Which is why one of them, unfortunately, Ozil, is being left out. Now, I also agree. He's probably the wrong one to leave out, but I think he's suffering in the stakes that actually he's just been here the longest. He's not as new, so it doesn't feel as important to get him going. So Aubameyang takes precedence and Lacazette takes precedence as well. Mick Terran's hardly been in brilliant form himself, so maybe 
his exit is the answer. Maybe not out of the club, but out of the first team. It's actually not, still not an ex- still not an answer for all three of these guys because he's clearly struggling to play these three guys without Mkhitaryan to their in their optimal positions because you, you end up with like Aubameyang on the wing. That's a position he left behind years and years ago, and he's never been an elite player on the wing. So why would you put him back on the wing? I don't know. And the same thing goes on the other side as well. Özil probably not at his best on the flank can do fine. But you've got three really good players and you can't fit him into a system. He focuses Paul. on what Ozil can't do. Surely just focus on what he can do because there's three or four things that he does better than anybody else in the world. Play Ozil. Fine. Sam, your hot take, please. Yeah, I think we need to get something straight on N'Golo Kante. So Premier League midfielder is the theme for our hot takes, apparently. And look, there seems to be, seems to be a school of thought that N'Golo Kante should be playing as the deepest midfielder in Chelsea's midfield three. That's nonsense. That like he should never be doing that. Not on his own. Not as a sole number six, particularly because you know, you might be upset with Jorginho. You might be upset with the fact that he doesn't tend to pass forward very often anymore, and the form that he showed in his opening ten games has gone fine. But don't take a player who already isn't finding his best level in Sarri's system and make it even worse for him. And definitely don't swap them. Jorginho's not a ball carrier. He can't run with it. Don't play him as a number eight. If you swap Jorginho and Kante, you just make things worse. Really, Kante, we saw actually in the first three, four games of Antonio Conte's reign or Kante's spell Mm -hmm. with with Chelsea, we saw him play this exact role, deepest in a midfield three in a 4-3-3. His defensive numbers plummeted, his passing numbers went up. That is the wrong thing to do for N'Golo Kante. You do not want this player touching the ball 150, 160 times. You want him running up and down. And it's not like what he's doing right now doesn't allow him to make those amazing recovery tackles, allow him to track runners back and stop counter-attacks. Just giving him loads of passes is not the answer, guys. You can't play him as the deepest man in a midfield three. It's one of the issues with Sarri's Chelsea that that basically the other midfielder in the three isn't playing up to his potential in the way that, you know, potentially, obviously, Jorginho is always looking for that pass and hasn't been able to pass the ball forwards. We've, We've spoken about this before. But is that because he's not been given the options by the third player in that trio? Can be. It it's most certainly can be. Early on in the season, we didn't see Eden Hazard up front. We saw a striker and then we saw Hazard darting in and making runs and Willian on the other side. And that's when Jorginho was picking out more passes than he is now. Still wasn't perfect, but it was better, you have to say. And what he's got to work with right now is Kante probably unsuited to the position he's in at the moment. But as I say, don't make it worse. And the left centre midfield role, Kovacic has been a disappointment, I think grand scheme and Ross Barkley's not moving he's not moving into the channels he's not making space for himself he's not pushing in between the lines Jorginho doesn't actually have that many people to pass to right now there are options that he's ignoring and he's playing people into pressure when he shouldn't be so the whole thing is broken but the answer is definitely not drop Jorginho and put Kante as the deepest midfielder even Sarri knows that this isn't working very well I mean in his last performance he said himself he would have taken Jorginho off if he still had Fabregas at the club as an option. I thought when they let Fabregas go that it was a huge mistake. I doubt it was Sarri that wanted him to leave the football club because he's already able to tell that he gave him an option that others in the squad can't. At a time when Jorginho isn't willing to look forward, maybe he's lost confidence and has stopped doing that, Fabregas plays it so naturally. We've seen the way he's linked up with frontmen before, how he used to do it with Costa, how he's able to do it with Morata at times. And I think that that's just an element of Chelsea play that can be completely lacking in the second half of the season if they fail to get somebody else through the door are they bringing people in Dean I mean they're trying really hard yeah I mean it sounds like they will manage to do it uh Paredes is the one that's 
kind of heading the, the bill at the moment. They try to get Barella in, but seems like he's not going to be um, allowed to come at this stage of um, the season anyway. They'd rather he went at the end of the season, Cagliari, if that was to happen. But to be honest, I don't see that as a particularly good move right now. I think he's going to take time to adjust to the Premier League. I think he needs to adapt to this system just as well as anybody else at Chelsea does. And so I don't see that making an immediate impact. All right. I want to just take it away from the Premier League a minute because your two hot takes have both been about Premier League midfielders. And I want to bring it on to Real Madrid. Real Madrid were very lucky to come away from Betis with three points this weekend. But also on Sunday, they played seven players who were former or current members of Real Madrid Castilla. Castilla is kind of Real Madrid's B team. They play in the Segunda. It's often populated with players from the Real Madrid Academy. And Santiago Solari obviously came from being manager of Castilla into the first team. So... Them bringing through youth products, is this a kind of new system we see at Real Madrid or is it just like kind of continuation of the last few years, Sam? Well, look, you point to these players um, that are playing for Real Madrid and that, like, look, a lot of these guys have been bought for big money. So Vinicius Junior, obviously, is the headline capture and not all of these players played, but over the last... As a year or so, Brahim Diaz has been brought in from Manchester City. Rodrigo, also a fellow Brazilian of Vinicius's. Lunin, who is out on loan, very good young goalkeeper. Federico Valverde has not long really been in Europe, to be fair. Danny Ceballos is from Real Betis and has only been a Real Madrid player for 18 months or two years. So, yeah, there's the Castilla angle. There's also the Real Madrid are hoovering up all of the best young talent in Europe angle, which I'm probably more inclined to see. Okay. It also might tell us something about Solari's mindset as well. You know, with Zidane, he was a big ma- big name manager, knew how to get the best out of big names, big egos. Solari, not used to doing that. So perhaps that's one of the reasons he's not get- able to get the best out of somebody like Isco and can't turn to him is because he doesn't know how to. So by going to the younger players, players that are going to be more inclined to just do as he tells them to he's got more control over him I think that's certainly got something to do with it was there a moment of vindication for Solari at the weekend obviously he turned to Ceballos ahead of Isco off the bench which a lot of people were criticizing at the time a lot of people criticizing on Twitter and Ceballos goes and scores the winner is that a massive moment of vindication for Solari's choices you probably say so right I mean that's like the most tangible and immediate way to vindicate a decision is that if someone you bring off the bench then goes and scores the winning goal all the sweeter as well given it's Ceballos' former club so that suggests that he's really tapped into that player and he understands that he can take on that challenge he knows he's the right man for it because you've got to know if that player is up to playing in that atmosphere up to playing against his former club and up to finding his level in those circumstances that speaks to superb man management and understanding of a player's mindset I'm devastated for Isco Because I love this player and there's nothing I want to see more than him succeed at Real Madrid and kind of make make a place his own again. It's just not happening under Solari. And if this is the case, if he's not going to turn to him in times of need like this, Isco just needs to get out of the club. He needs to go and find a club that are going to embrace him, are going to build around him because he can't just sit there waiting and waiting. And I kind of think that's what he's going to do if I'm honest, but I just want to see him... Take, the, take his future into his own hands. But in terms of Isco, obviously we spoke last week that we don't think that Solari will last longer than this season. Real Madrid don't want to change manager again midway through a season, but we imagine there will be a change barring exceptional circumstance at the end of this season in the summer. Surely it makes sense if Isco wants to succeed at Real Madrid to, to see who comes in after Solari. Yeah, well, that's when he makes impression. It, yeah, that's when he'll make his decision, obviously. I mean, January is a tough time to, to make a move anyway, but 
certainly at the end of the season, as you say, that's his time. New manager comes on. If he thinks I'm not going to fit in under this guy, then you just got to get out there as soon as possible. Like the next six months or so are going to tell us a lot about the rest of Isco's career. Well, that's hot takes for this week. After a quick break, we're going to be back with US former international Jimmy Conrad. Hello and welcome back to BR Football Ranks. We are delighted to be joined in the studio by Jimmy Conrad, who's here to talk about five aside teams. Jimmy, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. Sam, uh, you're excited about this one? I know that your five-a-side teams have been on your, your ranking list for a while. Yeah, I am excited. I think it's a serious talking point. I think a lot of people are going to have a lot of things to say, not only about Jimmy's team, but the one that I present afterwards, and Dino's as well. Yeah, Dean, Dean seems to be very excited about his left-field five-a-side team. My team is just lit. <laughs> that's what the kids say right that's yeah, it yeah. that's the phrase they can't see you but you're dabbing right now <laughs> <laughs> well Jimmy do you want to start us off we'll, we'll walk through your team in, in order and then we'll yeah, kind of see how yeah. we go I, I know that we we'll probably have a countdown right from 5 to 1 so I'm just going to start for my goalkeeper and move up sure. uh, this was a difficult one for me now we're doing current players right we're yeah. not doing like all time you, I mean you can set the parameters uh, no of course rankings. of course but I think current players feels more relevant so uh, and, and you can actually see these players continue to play as opposed to watching YouTube clips from when yeah. I was playing, you know, back in the day. As Otherwise, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the golden era, the golden era. So I'm going to go with uh, David De Gea as my goalkeeper, I think in five aside. And I think this is really important to note that we're not talking about 11 v 11. It's it's very specific to a five aside game where you have the walls, you have all that stuff, you're closed in. You need a shot stopper, I think, a goalkeeper. You really do. Um, obviously, you could say Gigi Buffon would be probably be great. Uh, Iker Casillas is still playing with Porto. You can maybe throw him in. But I think you need somebody. You don't really need to worry about him playing out of the back. So I think David De Gea is the guy that can get down low, make a lot of good saves. So you, you specify there with the five-a-side thing. Is it that if you were picking an 11-a-side team, you wouldn't go anywhere near De Gea? That's not that I wouldn't go anywhere near him. But I think in 11-a-side, I would go with Buffon. Mm. Um, maybe even Manuel Neuer. I mean... It, I guess we need to define, is it peak? You know, the, oh, yeah, these yeah. guys at their peak? These yes, guys, these guys right now. These guys right now. If they're right now, then I probably wouldn't go Neuer, but uh, yeah. maybe Jan Oblak from Atletico. But in five-a-side, you say the reflexes and the shot-stopping, is it, it's not the be-all and end-all of it in five-a-side, but it's surely about 85% of, the, of a goalkeeper's work in the five-a-side pitch, right? So reflexes seems like a pretty solid one to hang your hat on. And I've gone with De Gea as well, just for reference. Oh, so, Jimmy, we're one we're for one. We're handshaking right one now, everybody. One. Well, right here. One for one. Sam never agrees with anyone, so uh, <laughs> he's your one up there, Jimmy. Fair enough. Well, who's, who's in there at two? Okay, so number two, um, yeah, this would be kind of a, I don't know, this is a position, obviously, that I used to play as a center back, but you got to be able to do kind of all positions, I think, when you play five-a-side, because if you do win the ball, you're going to cross the lines and, and figure that out. But I am going to go with somebody traditional who is organized, will keep everybody in front of them in, in the right spots, putting out fires before they start. I'm going with Diego Godin from Atletico, from the Uruguayan national team. <laughs> I love him. Uh, I think he's no nonsense. I think he puts guys in good spots, and and I think he'd be a good leader out on the field. Now, I was torn because Italians are, are more often than not known to be kind of those defensive specimens, yeah. the Catanaccio. So you know, Benucci, Chiellini were were there. I was thinking about them uh, a little bit, and you could probably look at uh, many, many guys. But there's something about Godin that I really appreciate. I think one thing to discuss when it's kind of the the base of a five-a-side team is how quick do you want your defender to be? And that, I suppose that's the kind of downside of having someone like Godin in there. 
Sure. No, no, no. I, I, we could argue that that's a good point, but we're going to disagree because Godin's the man. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to. I've never seen Uruguayan five aside by the by the way, but I'd love to. Did you not see that video a couple of months back where the kids were playing no. like two aside football and they're sort of throwing each other over and they're about a one and a half years old? You know that warrior spirit early doors. That's exactly what I'm. You got a leader. I think though, Godin I actually is made perfectly for the back of your team. <laughs> yeah, I was honestly considering Paolo Maldini as my guy all time if mm. we had taken that because he can do multiple He could probably positions. still come back in now. He probably could, to be honest, because there's not a lot of space you have to cover. But uh, I think Godin just has that – there's something about that X factor, that that kind of uh, aura about him that I think would keep everybody else, all the other players I'm going to name, in check so they make sure that they do, they do their jobs. A leader okay. as well as the defender. Before we go any further, I want to find out what kind of five-a-side player you are. So uh, I was always a closet, like box-to-box midfielder yeah. in my mind. Um, and I just played center back because that's how I made my money, uh, <laughs> per se. But I try to do all things. I try to get involved. I see it as more as exercise now, you know. Um, and I want to get involved and go forward. I-, I did enough defending in my career. It's like, hard to stay back when you play five-a-side. It really so That's is. why you need Goding, because he's actually fine with being back there. Right. Yeah, and he could, I think he'd be a nice guy to play off of. The hey, I could roll it out to him. He'd make the right pass more often than not. You'd be scared of him as well. You wouldn't want to make a mistake. No, I think like his uh, elbows are sharp too. So (laughs) on both sides, you'd be scared of him. (laughs) Let's move forward into the old midfield then. Yeah, midfield. I think you need somebody who's a bit of an enforcer. I think all time, I would probably go with Roy Keane because he would just get things done. Uh, But I fear that he might be overly emotional. Right, you, you still can get. You, you don't still definitely can get need an overly emotional uh, <laughs> midfielder at five aside because then you're going to be sitting out in the sin bin or whatever it may be, um, or being a man down, or I don't even know how that works in five. So it depends on the rules of where you go play. <laughs> I would go with N'Golo Conte would be my pick. Uh, he's selfless. Uh, you need somebody that's going to go in there and do the work for the. Somebody's got to go in there and run around and buzz around, and he'd be the guy. Very similar to Godin, I think he would just play the balls to the other talented players that I'll be naming here pretty soon. But uh, I love Conte. I have a Chelsea jersey. I don't know if I should admit that uh, on air. But, but I am definitely supporting him as a player, not Chelsea. I'm a Newcastle fan. That's which, is, okay. which is a bigger conversation of despair. That energy and tenacity is is absolutely huge. The fitness, just the fitness element of five-a-side. Well, I've like, seen you the, play five-a-side, so I can definitely uh, say that, that that affects you, doesn't it? Oh, well, I try and play as more of a Rude Van Nistelrooy uh, fox just outside the box because <laughs> you're not allowed in the box in five-a-side. I've never noticed that. I must no, have me neither. Um, <laughs> I, try, I try not to run too much because it does wear down my shooting ability, which is oh, already, okay. already very low. Um, but the tenacious, well, I usually try and pick a tenacious guy to have on my team so he can do that. Yeah, um, and I would also pick Kante. Oh my God, Sam. two for three. Oh, we're like brothers from another amazing. mother. Right now. <laughs> yeah, these teams are uh, absurdly similar. <laughs> absurdly similar. Right. Well, that's the the rocks on which is based, I suppose. Sure. Where's yeah. The, uh, where's the flair? So the flair is uh, Leo Messi. I'm going to go with him. I want him to obviously find some space between the lines. I think what I love about him, and, and there's a clip going viral about him popping a ball up and putting it between somebody's legs. He's so good in tight spaces, and even if you kick him. He just gets up and continues to play, and I really like that part of his game. Obviously, we could argue Neymar would be a flair guy that you would consider, but I mean, you know, the stereotype is he'd roll around and just be so many theatrics, like, let's just get on with the game. Godin would be furious. Yeah, he would. He would live in Neymar. No question. You're building a team here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think Messi in, in tight spaces, to be, his ability to, to win games by himself, obviously, would be uh, important as well. So especially coming off the thing because when you're a number nine and five aside you're back to you're back to goal a lot mm. and i think messi would be better kind of coming off that shoulder i also yeah. think messi's like fairly selfless uh, as much as selfless as a, a player of his individual brilliance can be whereas with neymar like you probably would and be like come on mate pass me the ball <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. pass me the ball yeah. is that like you consider lots of skillful players in these tight spaces you can go 
all around the globe. You can even go somewhere like Vinicius Junior would be. I'm sure he'd be really good at five aside. Yeah. But I bet his teammates hate playing with him. Yeah. Well, because, there's always that guy at five aside. Like, yeah. Can you just pass the goddamn ball already? Like, what is the deal? <laughs> yeah. You've proven that you're a good player. I don't need to see it every time you touch it. But Messi, that, that gets frustrating. You don't have to worry about that with Messi. Yeah. Like, he'll do he'll do his bit. He'll probably he he will win you the game. Sure. Obviously, but he'll also give you a, a little go as well. Give yeah. you one he'd have guys passes. on the floor. The whole team would be lying on the floor, and he'd just square it still for Kante to get his couple of goals in the match, wouldn't he? Yeah, sure. <laughs> You'd be a brave man not to pick Lionel Messi in a five aside team. Yeah. Like, right, at, right. at this point, Dean yeah. probably has. I'm not. Yeah. yeah Dean <laughs> has I can't, wow, wait. Oh, wow, I cannot wow, wow. wait to hear your team. Yeah, it's all a bit. It's I, all up I in almost want to just hit time out and hear your five. <laughs> it does sound like it's going to be quite poor, actually. Yeah. Well, no, messy. Come on. No, okay, exactly. Right, well, we'll, let's, we'll finish, let's, let's get to the end of, of Jimmy's team and then, and then we'll work around the so room. So the last one got. up top is, was really difficult for me. I don't think it's, it's that easy. I think Cristiano Ronaldo would be maybe the popular choice in this position, but I think you need somebody who's a little bit more mobile than him. Mm. Obviously, he's good in and around the box and he's proven that and in the way he's adapted his career over the last you know five or six years has been really impressive. But I'd want somebody that wants to get into the corners, dig things out. you know. Um, so I want somebody who's a little bit better athlete frankly. We could argue the guy's ripped, but but a little bit more mobile and agile at this point in their careers. Mm-hmm. Luis Suarez, I think, is the guy for me. Robert Lewandowski potentially could be in there. Cavani's another one. Uh, they run the channels, well, as small as they are in five-a-side, but just kind of not afraid to bang. Um, get up there, hold the ball up, and then let Messi do his thing. Make the magic happen. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm going to probably say Luis Suarez. Uh, I... I, I I think he embraces the contact. I think he embraces getting kicked. I think he'll kick you back. Obviously, he's got a quite a record of uh, doing some unsavory things. I'll leave it there. But uh, yeah, I think he'd be the guy that would edge Lewandowski and Cavani. But I think you need somebody really dynamic up top. I like the chemistry in your team. This is you know you've got the whole De Gea and Godin Atletico link. You've got the Uruguayan link. You've got the Barcelona link. Thank I, you for I'm noticing. a big fan. Yeah, I appreciate it. Hundred chemistry on, on Ultimate Team. <laughs> FIFA Excellent. has infected my brain. Excellent. Yeah. Sam, were you, uh, are you a fan of that choice? Uh, yeah, I was about to, about to reference the same thing. The chemistry that you've built, the, the, the links that you've got are incredible. You've actually, Jimmy, you've really thought about this team. I did, you? actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you've really thought about Which it. Which is one more than Dean, who's just made us up on the spot and is ready to <laughs> confuse us all. all. Right, right. So who's going first? <laughs> I would normally go Sam in this instance, but given the... Yeah, the build-up The, the build-up, the suspense around Dean's team, I, I think we're going to have to throw I think it you can overthink these things, can't you? We'll <laughs> soon find out. In goal, I've got De Gea. Yeah. Right. Same reasons. Yeah, you can't, you can't, I honestly think it's very hard to choose a different five-a-side goalkeeper to De Gea. At the back, I'm going to pick Ajax's Frankie de Jong. Right. Okay. Because... Um, He's everybody's talking about him, so I'd want him in my team just to see how good he is. But um, <laughs> you're, you're picking someone con- on social value. <laughs> yeah, basically that's the way the world works these days. Um, listen, he's a great player. Did the manager pick this team? On there. Defender <laughs> loves running out, dribbling out of defence. Loves tight spaces. Great reading of the game. He's in my team. The next three. There's no positions in my team apart from that, so he stays back. The next three are just switching all the time and rotating. They are Raheem Sterling, Jaden Sancho, Usman Dembele. Good they time. are just oh, running Jesus. ragged. That is the way that five-a-side works in the future. You don't have any leader. Like, you have no veteran experience. No, listen, so. if we go a couple of goals behind, these lads are really, really struggling. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to But I'm relying on the fact that Raz or Jaden scores a couple of early goals and that their confidence gets them going because um, but, on but, their day, they'd be unstoppable. Well, if, if we think about five-a-side... Uh, and I play quite regularly. Yeah. You you can kick the younger, talented players, and they want no part of the rest of the game. So I think they run into a team, even if it's a bunch of older guys that can't run. These those guys know how to step on your ankles, step on your feet, yeah. kick you, elbow you, and I just don't see that type of fight 
Maybe. Osbane Dembele is a fighter. Okay. No, he's not. I'm joking. <laughs> Diego is when he's I was ready, I was ready, to, I was ready to listen to you. No, I, know you were, but I appreciate that, but yeah. I absolutely is not. I haven't got an So I don't know. Diego Godin is eating your team for breakfast. Sure. Sure. No, I just took a different approach because I thought I'm going to pick four youngsters out here, out on pitch, that are at the top of the... Well, not at the top of their games. So they've got better days to come, but they're all in form. They're all looking good. And I would love to see those four on pitch together. I, I like your fitness. method. Uh, that's, I, I've gone for a similar kind of spine and then three just absolute lunatics up top, but yeah. it's it's far more conserved Structured. than yours, yeah, I think. <laughs> but we'll throw it to Sam. Sam, let, let's hear what you got. So I, I have the same thing where I have a goalkeeper, a nominated person who wins the ball back, and then It is three, a good idea. I'm not going to say that my yeah. way is the right I, way. I think your way is the right way. I just have picked better players. De Gea, <laughs> De Gea between the posts, okay. and then I've put Kante in the defensive role. Yeah. All right, that's um, a good choice. Who, I like who that. then just I like r- rotates and recycles. So remove the need for the defender, but just take Kante there. And then I've gone ball-playing heaven. Thiago Alcantara. Lovely. I love that. Most wonderful footballer alive. Incredible technician. How much, ne- how much is he paying you to say that? <laughs> uh, I wish he was paying you to say that, Jimmy. <laughs> and I am open to offers, Thiago, if you are listening. Um, just would, would, would never lose the ball, would never lose possession. We would dominate. We would set the tone with Thiago. And next to him, Isco. Isco. Oh, I love Isco. Tw- twirling, twizzling into tight spaces, working off Thiago, the one-twos. I'm in love with it. Mm. And then Messi to crown it off. Yeah, it's right. it's nice. I like That's it. Nice. I like yeah. it. The only the only thing is, you know, you, there's a lot of injury prone players in that midfield. You know, Isco and Thiago, yeah. heavily injured. You know, Diego Godin steps on one of them. That's yeah, the I end of that for a while. To win that one, I didn't, do you I, I didn't do you feel like that's too many? Ball playing guys like they're going to get in each other's way because I feel like there are when you make a lot of runs in five aside, mm. you got too many guys thinking creatively. It's going to leave you exposed, especially if you give up the ball. Then you're going to get countered the other I way. I got to say, I think it'd be ballet. Yeah, I think it would be ballet right. up there with the, with no, those right. three. But I, I do hear. What I'm you're just saying. playing devil's advocate. Yeah, 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 yeah. I do hear. <laughs> what Don't you're hold saying, me to any of this. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't go with David de Gea. Which is a, a, I went with Jordan Pickford because we all know uh, that Jordan Pickford is, um, <laughs> <laughs> he's terrible at getting the ball in the air with his short arms, but the, the goals are really small. In five Does he have side. T-Rex arms? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. But uh, the goals are really small, so I reckon right. he'd be okay on the, on the deck. <laughs> um, I went with the one at the back as Joshua Kimmich. Okay. Um, okay. Who I okay. still think is the best right back in the world right now. Yeah. And, and then in front of him, I went with Messi, Isco, like you, and Wilfred Zaha. Because okay, yeah. Wilfred Zaha, wow, that grew, is balls. Yeah, he grew up playing five aside, didn't he? he? He's a street footballer, yeah. one of one of the old school street footballers. He might get into my team if one of these lads gets in. Yeah, he's, he's Steen's first reserve. <laughs> I think he'd love it. He'd just be there, just trying to wind players up. He'd be like knocking Diego Godin on the shoulder and then running around the other side. You have to love five aside, don't you? But there are people that get frustrated with five aside and quickly fall out of the game. If you lose a player in five aside, you're in big trouble if one of them doesn't fancy it. Yeah. Do you play in a in a league, Jimmy, or, or do you just play sort of pick up? At- I just do as much pickup as possible. So whether I'm back at home in San Francisco, I'm always looking for games. Or when I travel, I try to host a pickup game. Uh, I did one, uh, the Power League in Shoreditch. And a whole bunch of people came out. And it's it's a different beast. You know, it's fast. You have to make your decisions quite quickly. And you have to know where everybody is. And I think a lot of the players you guys mentioned are very good players. And uh, it'd be interesting to see how they'd stack up to get to play against each other. I would love to see a tournament between our four sides. If we could somehow clone Messi and clone Isco. And see how it stacks and up. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. We've got a lot of cloning going on. Yeah, I'll get back to you on how that's going quite soon, shall I? But I think that it's an interesting concept. The, the idea of pickup, I suppose, is, is is a really American concept. I mean, Jimmy, could, do you want to explain? Yeah, what I, is, I think I over in the states, our our development is not as pure, let's say, as yours, where you guys live and breathe and eat the sport. 
you know, our culture is a bit diversified in terms of what sports we follow. Yeah. You're expected to follow an NBA team, an NFL team, a baseball team, a hockey team. And then now, obviously, with the emergence of MLS, it's about almost 25 years old as a league. Now you have an MLS team. But more often than not, most of the fans already have an English club that they follow or they follow Barcelona, Real Madrid or some big club from Europe. So there's a lot to choose from. So there's not a lot of, hey, let's go outside and just kick the ball around. And now with let's say, the furthering of technology, just kids in general aren't going outside to, to do anything, let alone yeah. kick a ball around. And so I think what's happening, too, is that because of our, let's say, lack of success at the World Cup level and even you know MLS and like the CONCACAF Champions League or whatever it may be, we have gotten to the point where a lot of kids are playing, but they're playing in structured environments. And what pickup does when you go out and just you know set up a few backpacks as goals and you go out and play – you start to just be free. You're not being judged by a coach. You're not being judged by your parents. You're just getting to try ideas. And that's why we see, I think, a lot of Brazilians that, that do well because that's where they grew up. That's how they play. You talked about Zaha. You know, he grew up in that environment and, and it allowed him to try stuff. And now when you see him in a structured environment, his instincts are to take people on, to do special things. And we, we could probably argue, uh, and I wouldn't fight it is that we don't create a lot of creative players in our country. We have a lot of structured players that are good at doing certain jobs and are very specialized in their jobs. And we don't have a lot of that freedom. That's why Christian Pulisic is obviously a big deal for us because he will drive at people. He will look and try to create space and break people down. And that's like, whoa, I can't believe we have one of those players. And we need to have 10 Christian Pulisics. And we only have one at the moment. And that needs to change. And that's why that pickup game culture for us is very important. And that's why I'm trying to carry the flag for that uh, back at home. Absolutely. I think it's an interesting kind of cultural flashpoint i suppose because we play a lot of five side line and like you say there's a lot of sort of jumpers for goalposts kind of football in the uk but there isn't kind of the pickup idea as in if you play five aside you play five aside either in a league or with your friends or whatever and, and that's fine but there's never kind of just games on where people just wander over and join in and i, I think maybe you'll, you'll probably will jump ahead of us in that kind of environment going forward because that kind of concept doesn't really exist especially in the cities where it's so tight and there's so few spaces to play people look for pitches and then they'll join a league or they'll pick five mates or pick a work team right. and stuff so i think it's an interesting one because it's something that maybe we could do with a little bit more of yeah i think that also the um the FIFA culture has actually had a positive effect on Fiverr side, actually, because especially in England, the way I was brought up was always play the way you're facing. Don't do anything stupid. So you were always afraid to try tricks and stuff. And now I see like my eight year old nephew and his mates and all they want to do is step overs and try new tricks that they're seeing. Basically, because they're trying to, the tricks on FIFA, then they want to go outside and do it. And in my day, the computer games didn't have that kind of ability. You couldn't, you know, it was lucky if you could even get hold of a computer. You mean you weren't, on a, you weren't on a go-kart throwing turtle shells at each other? <laughs> I'm not Mario quite Kart. old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I think FIFA has also played a massive role in, in the development of Fiverr and just generally kids' ability to, to try new things. And hopefully, you know, the idea, I mean, it's ingrained in me to kind of play the way I'm facing and things like that. It's just the way I play football, but... I don't like that about it. I'd love to take people on a bit more. And I, th I think in future, you know, we'll see it all over the world that more people will do it rather than just the Brazilians and whatnot. Well, there we have it. Four five-a-side teams. Let us know what you think of them on Twitter or Instagram using hashtag BRFootballRanks. And after the break, we're going to be back for Bleacher Roulette, where we'll answer some of football's burning questions and, of course, Sam's final nonsense rankings. Welcome back to BR Football Ranks, where it's time for Bleacher Roulette. The questions are ready, the wheel is set, and it's all on you, Dean Jones, to get us underway. Let's spin the wheel. 
You're stranded on a desert island and must pick two footballers to keep you company. But there's no ball. Who do you choose? Okay, and there's no ball. That's pointless than being footballers, really, isn't it? So they're going to have to actually have personality and a sense of humour and interesting things to talk about. Not many of them around. <laughs> I'm going to go first of all, Peter Crouch. Yeah, I think uh, that's a good Peter call. Crouch, uh, the funniest man on social media. So maybe he'll have his phone with him and we can come up with some good tweets. And if not, he's got robot dances in him. He's got loads of tales to tell about all the different clubs he's been at. So I think Peter Crouch would be good. The only bad thing about that is he'd make it clear just quite how small I am. Um, <laughs> the other person that I would like to be on a desert island with is probably... Mario Balotelli. <laughs> it's a dangerous call, that, Jimmy. That's a dangerous one early doors. I mean, if you want to be entertained... I'm going to go with Raheem Sterling. The reason being, I once spoke to Raheem Sterling about exactly this, and we put out a whole thing on Bleacher Report about what he'd do if he was on a deserted island. He was telling me about how he would cook goats and we would eat them, about how he'd go and <laughs> chop down mangoes out of the trees, how he'd have his afro comb with him and he could like do some cool hairstyles. So based on the discussion I had with Raheem Sterling about 18 months ago about this, I'm going to say Raz is my man. It's a good call. I he like sounds it. resourceful, doesn't he? Yeah, what a guy. What yeah, a guy. Who's expecting that? People realize. Yeah, clearly well thought out. Jimmy, who would you have? Yeah, I would probably go... Well, Balotelli for me would be, I don't know how resourceful he would be, but <laughs> we'd have a lot to talk about. Yeah, yeah that's for sure. I like Peter Crouch because you, he could probably get up those high places to get the food that <laughs> you need, good right? Sell. Yeah. There's something about Juan Mata that I really like. I think he's a good guy. I think mm-hmm. he'd be, you know, he, would, he wouldn't be stabbing you in the back for yeah. sure, right? Yeah. He'd be a guy that, all right, we're going to get off this island together. We're going to figure <laughs> this out. We're going to survive. So there's something about him that I, that I really enjoy. I think he'd be good for conversation. Oh, man, that second one, though. I don't know. Because if you got... Maybe you want a conversationalist and someone that's useful. Sure. Maybe just, I think that's the kind of trick here. Yeah. Maybe like a Kevin De Bruyne. He's not going to say much, but he'll get the job done. That's true. Like he's going mean, to I mean, go There's, there's something about him that I like. Um, I'm always thinking about center backs and N'Golo Kante. You know, he, I'm, I'm starting to think about my five-a-side team, <laughs> just like you are with Raheem Sterling. <laughs> I, w- I would like to invite... Not that I'd necessarily get along with him. Invite to my desert island (laughs) to be stranded along with me. I would like to spend time, a a good serious amount of time, 1v1 with Sergio Ramos, just to see what goes on in there. Just to see what goes on in that brain. Because I think you'd have to volunteer for a tattoo if uh, you're going to be BFFs with him on your island. (laughs) Yeah, sure. I'll do whatever it takes. I just need to get get my mitts in there and see exactly what's happening in there. Because he has some crazy moments. He has some brilliant moments. I'm never quite sure what to make of him, but maybe if I spent several months on a desert island with him and we had to share food and shelter, maybe I'll get to the bottom of it. Mm. Yeah, I like that. That's a good I like that. I might I, go with Gigi Buffon. Yeah, Some class and sophistication. Class, yeah. You know? He'd have He's super tail. cool. Like, He'd maybe the so coolest tales desert tail. island. He would have a lot of tales. Yeah. I, like I think okay. I'd have Xavi and Iniesta, the two of them together, oh, and, just, like and just study them. No, <laughs> yeah. no, just study them. It's because I don't think they need a ball to be telepathic. Uh, I'd be really interested to just study like them that. for a long period of yeah. time and, and learn from the two masters of, of Can I the change generation. My Can I <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy, it's up to you. Do you want oh, to spin the wheel? Let's, Let's see go. How we go. I stretch just for this. If you woke up and realized you're Lionel Messi, what would be the first thing you do? I would get rid of that tattoo on my leg with a soccer ball. <laughs> that looks terrible. I'm not sure it's possible. It's so thick. It's, it's a so, big tattoo. That's going to hurt a lot. It doesn't seem like it's his personality. 
But uh, he had an emo stage though, didn't he? He did. He did. He was like straight cut until he was about twenty-seven, and then he just went. He, well, he shaved his hair off, grew a beard, dyed his hair blonde, got tattooed everywhere. Like he had, <laughs> he acted out. He was like a, t- a sport teenager, age fourteen, just finding his feet in the world. Except it happened at twenty-seven, and he was one of the richest men. It. Yeah, I bet he does too, or he will eventually. Will eventually, it would be kind of funny to spoof Cristiano and to do like some funny. Uh, underwear advert you know what i mean uh and just for like you're really really making fun of your biggest rival yeah uh, i think that would be great to I, do as lionel messi i would feed his dog so it didn't eat me he's a big dog <laughs> giant a giant big dog. dog i'd be so scared of it we'd probably be trying to bust the door down as i was as i was waking up just trying to trying to find its its first morning meal i just have to try and make, placate the dog so it didn't eat me yeah, it's a sensible life-saving precaution that you're taking there. If you want to make it to the, the afternoon hours as Lionel Messi, feed the damn Feed dog. Hulk. Yep. Feed Hulk. I'd be giving Matteo a hug. What a kid. His kid is absolutely hilarious. I don't know if anyone saw the videos just before Christmas of him doing the dancing to the, the songs on the TV and stuff, but the kid is just different gravy. I really, really like him. I'd give him a hug. I'll just be looking through his phone to see what's on it, to be honest. I want to know who he's messaging. I want to know what he's got photos of. I want to know everything about Messi's life. Imagine just having an hour on Messi's phone. would be amazing. Excellent. And on that bombshell, we'll spin the wheel one last time. You can only wear one shirt for the rest of your life. You can only wear it based on style. Which team's shirt are you wearing? It's just based on the aesthetic of the How shirt you have looks. to wear. Colour and stuff. And you have to wear it all the time. Yeah. That black shirt that Real Madrid came out with last year with the kind of light blue trim along it. I think I think that's probably it. That's, that's one. Or the black PSG, actually. The black PSG mm. is what I'm going to go with. The, the, the one they released this year with the white stripe down the middle, the Jordan. That, that's what I'm going with. That's the shirt I would wear every day if I had to wear a shirt. That's yeah. a really good shirt. I go England. I think I'll be one. I think I'll be English for the rest of my life. I don't think that'll change. Hang on. You bought the Nigeria shirt, surely you're picking that. <laughs> uh, I think I still prefer the England one just because it'll it'll always remind me of an amazing World Cup that we had. Okay, and we only finished fourth. Um but it was still an amazing effort. It was an amazing summer. Um it would remind me of that. It's also a really nice shirt and it's not going to, like, I'm, I'm English, it's not going to change. I'll always support the English national team. It'll never feel like, oh, why did I get that five years down the line or ten years down the line? It'll always be the case. Fine. Dean? I'm going to pick LAFC. Oh, yeah. Oh. It's a lovely shirt. I love the LAFC shirt. Which one, the white or the black? The black one okay. I like. And I've actually just ordered one. All, all season, I was like, I want to get an LAFC shirt. I want to get an LAFC. And finally, I'm like, I'm just getting it. I'll probably bring out a new one next season, but I don't care. Um, it's a classic. It was obviously their first season in MLS. Um, I even like the fact YouTube was on it. I think that that looked quite cool. There's not many shirts. I think it could have got away with that, but LA is the only place. I think that's a really cool shirt. Jamie? Yeah, I'm going to go MLS as well, and obviously I'm a homer. Yeah, uh, but my former club, Sporting Kansas City, came out with a third kit, a limited edition. It had kind of an Argyle stripe. It was white. had a collar. It's sharp. It also has my name on the back, which I appreciate. But, uh, <laughs> you know, so I can continue to promote myself as I'm walking around every day for the rest of my life. But uh, yeah, it was really clean. Uh, very similar, I think, to the PSG one, but just in white. You know, just yeah, had that nice kind of classic look that you could wear pretty much with anything. I think that's a it's, a it's a cool thing. When when clubs bring out big shirts, it's a, a very nice kind of episode. I remember Palmer this summer released a shirt oh, that yeah. was sort of, it was all black, but it had a white and blue kind of cross on it, but it was just the outline mm-hmm. of a cross. And it's one of the most beautiful shirts I've ever seen. I think it might be a little bit garish for, for this discussion, aka the Nigeria shirt. But in general, when clubs bring out iconic shirts, you know, that's a, that's a moment, isn't it? Yeah. Sam, 
It's up to you for the nonsense rankings now. Yeah, this week we're ranking uh, condiments or sauces. And I've got some pretty strong opinions about these. And there is going to be one that you're not going to like, but this is how it is. Uh, in at number three, specific, is Nando's Medium. Yep. Um, yep. I think Nando's is a, is a worldwide enough brand for people to, to know. And even if they don't, they've never had it, they know of it. It's reached the West Coast now, hasn't it? I it believe has, that, that, but that I'll have to raise my hand. You guys have to visualize me raising my hand at home. Uh, I've never had Nando's. Yeah, see. That's something all... you're going to have to change, yeah, Jimmy, course, I think. Clearly, uh, it's clearly. A, so yeah. now that it's number three on your yeah. so na- on Yeah, your yeah list. three, Nando's, specifically medium, because there there's, a, there's, a, there's a whole range of like five or six sauces here. It starts at lemon and herb, which no one's allowed to actually eat, and it ends with a very small black bottle with extra hot. Which, which also no one's allowed yeah, to eat. Yeah, no one's allowed to eat. But in the middle somewhere in that spectrum, there's a wonderful medium Nando sauce. In it too is mustard. Mustard is excellent. Now, I hate mustard. Beef, yeah, be, a beef and mustard sandwich is the best type of sandwich that I can make myself. Which, okay, fair, fair enough. It's quite limited. <laughs> it's not very difficult. <laughs> no, but I can't make many good sandwiches. So beef and mustard is the easiest classic combo. I love mustard. And it goes particularly well with Sunday roast, steak, whatever. In at number one, mayonnaise. Oh, oh. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I would take so if I get a choice of choice of whatever choice of whatever sauce, I would take mayonnaise every day of the week, particularly with chips. I would take it above, as you've probably seen already. There is no ketchup in my no, list. By chips, you mean fries? Jimmy, By Jimmy, I want to hear your, I want to hear your takes on this because mayonnaise. this is a man incensed. Yeah. Mayonnaise is terrible. <laughs> I mean, I've learned a lot about you by you saying that. Yeah, yeah, okay. Mustard, I was in because I'm. He's a, one I, of the most basic people you will ever meet <laughs> yeah, in your yeah. life, Jimmy. He's a Thanks, that was incensed, genuine, genuine <laughs> anger. Like, Jimmy stood up to leave the room. I was thought there was going to be something and you can, fun yeah, look, look, at look, the top you of can, your list. You can, mayonnaise is not fun. Mayonnaise can be varied as well because you can get the slightly different strands of it as well. You can get like a chili mayo, you can get like a lemon mayo, whatever. Like that's not Garlic necessarily mayo. part I mean, of it. Now, now, now you're adding but, layers to but you've your got, thing. You've yeah. got that versatility to it, but also just the base, your standard mayo, I prefer over ketchup, particularly when I'm eating fries. Wow. Jimmy, what would you have instead of mayonnaise? You know, what's, what's going well, to top I, that I, list? I, I like the mustard shout. I kind of grew up on having a lot of mustard, and, and then I kind of morphed or evolved into honey mustard. Oh. You know, I like, oh. a little, I like a little sweetness to it. Okay. You know, uh, I would put ketchup on my list for sure. I, I think it does tick a lot of it's the boxes. Versatile, isn't it, it is. It's a versatile it is. Sauce. It's just average. Uh, you know, I guess when we're thinking about condiments, I don't know if peanut butter and jelly go in there. It's like the Javi and Iniesta of sandwiches, you know? So, <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I, I don't know. It's just a staple of how I grew up. So I'd probably go peanut butter and jelly as a like one, two combo. Dean, you got anything to add? Um, I, the only thing I've got to add is that I discovered in California a couple of years ago that everyone, and this is the way that they say it, not the way I say it. Everyone orders ranch with their pizza. Mm. And so I started doing that. I would normally say ranch, but they say, obviously say ranch. So I said, well, I have to say it right now. It's amazing. Like that is well, that pizza, is ranch dressing. Hey, like dressing. Yeah, yes. yeah. You basically you dip your your pizza you into the dip ranch your dressing. pizza into the ranch dressing. Yeah. Especially and if you get like the barbecue chicken pizza with ranch. It's next level. It wow. really is. Next level. Level. And you can buy it in the UK now. So I urge everybody in the UK, wherever you are in the world, go out. Try and find some ranch, get some pizza, and try that. Is that is it is it dis- similar or dissimilar to like basically garlic and herb dip with the Domino's? Pizza, the, uh, garlic. That's the closest you can probably get to it, but this is next level up. Okay, I'm a big fan of garlic mayo as a yeah, thing, but, but something that hasn't idea. been mentioned is sriracha. I can't say it properly. Sriracha. Say again, sriracha is, sauce. No, I can't yeah. say it anymore. <laughs> that's it. Sriracha I'll is like my favorite. Sriracha. It's yeah, like my favorite thing ever. Yeah. Uh, that would be number one in my. You know, chili, you lots of chili, lot of spice. Yeah, you know, sriracha, we love yeah. it. It's a. Uh, it's, it's sadly missed. There wasn't really any spice in your in your. Not mayonnaise though, is it? 
Well, no, when I look at Sam, there's a lot of spice over here. So I kind of. I, I would it. say I would say that. Uh, uh, look, hot sauce. <laughs> hot sauces didn't quite make it onto the list. Nando's medium is hardly bland, but sriracha actually, when you coat wings in it, is amazing for like the first four, and then it kind of blows my head off. So. No, sorry. That's it. Hasn't made the cut. I think that pretty much sums up everything we've got for today's episode of BR Football Ranks. If you've enjoyed it, please make sure you're getting over to iTunes or Spotify or Stitcher or whichever podcast app suits you best and make sure that you're subscribed. Whilst you're at it, we'd love for you to give us ratings, preferably five-star ones, and reviews on those platforms. Also, remember, you can always get in touch with the podcast using the hashtag BRFootballRanks or with any of us on Twitter. Get in touch with your suggestions for Bleacher Roulette, for opening questions, for nonsense ideas. All that's really left for me to do is say thank you to Sam Tai. Thank you. Thank you to Dean Jones. Cheers. And thank you very much to our special guest, Jimmy Conrad. Thank you so much. I've been Jack Collins. This has been BR Football Ranks. Take care. 